Welcome to the latest edition of CrystalCast. Today we're joined by Phil Quinn from Pepper Money, talking us through the specialist buy-to-let and residential market, why these products are no more appealing to brokers than they ever have been before, and why you should be considering specialist finance even now when you're sitting with what may look like a mainstream client. All information provided is for mortgage professionals only and should not be passed on to potential clients. As always, take a listen. I hope you find the content interesting. And if you are a fan, please click on subscribe and join us for future episodes. Hi, Phil. Hi, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. And yourself? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. To start off in traditional Crystal Cast fashion, can you give us three surprising things about yourself? Ooh, putting me on the spot there, Chris. Well... Firstly, I'm a Manchester United fan from Manchester. That usually so you're the one. <laughs> I, I'm the only one. Ironically, I now live in London. I have done for the last four years, so I've joined my fans, but still a big supporter. Uh, secondly, I'm a black belt in kung fu, uh, so I've done martial arts for for most of my life. Not so much in the last few years. Work priorities and all that. Uh, finally, I was a semi-professional squash player. Uh, I used to play for Lancashire in my teens. Wow, quite a sporty three things there. Yes, yeah, I do love my sport. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so in your role as, as National Account Manager, obviously you get to see both the residential and the buy-to-let side of the fence. So what trends are you currently seeing out there? Well, we're, we're seeing various trends in Pepper Money at the moment, uh, and they range from adverse credit or, or bad credit right the way through to complex buy-to-let cases. We tend to see a trend of self-employed quite often. We've seen interest-only lending pick up. We've also seen more and more applicants with significant debt that we're able to service. And we're seeing a lot more secondary income than we have before as well. Okay. So people doing self-employed work alongside employed roles? Absolutely. It it could range from two employed jobs if you're running uh, two part-time roles at once. Okay. Or it may be an applicant who is employed in their their day-to-day job, but they have shares in a business and, and therefore drawing dividends as a secondary income. Or it may simply be an investor where they do have a day job and they do work the, the nine-to-five, but have a portfolio in the background, uh, extracting income from that as well. That's interesting. And you'll, you'll allow all of that income to be used to service the loan? That's right. We'll use 100% of secondary income as long as they've had the second income for six months. The only exception is that we won't allow buy-to-let income to be the majority. It can only be used as a top-up to earn income. Okay, that's interesting. So was that born from demand from clients? Were you seeing more of more specialist income requirements? Absolutely. What we've noticed is that there is a growing trend of secondary income. Um, for that matter, 57% of our completions in 2018 included secondary income. That high? It was that high. Right. So the market is changing. Yeah. We know that applicants are diversifying in their careers. They're wanting to earn more money. They're needing to earn more money in, in some circumstances. Okay. So it seems a change from the demographic of the borrower as much as anything else. Yes. Yeah. And of course, it, it, it will be regional based. You know, yeah. We know that in the southeast, property prices are more expensive. Therefore, mortgages are higher. And to service those mortgages, People in some situations may have to look at working longer hours or taking on second jobs. And how are you seeing the buy-to-let market currently? 
been a lot of press about maybe the decline or the, the death of Baitelet, depending on what you read. Are you seeing any drop-offs in particular from Papua? No, no. Our our Baitelet business is, is buoyant and we, we expect that to continue in 2019. Of course, we have seen a shift to investors switching to limited companies, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't something Pepper offer at the moment, but something we may look at in the future. So we, we tend to look at uh, smaller portfolios than other buy-to-let lenders. So we will we'll lend to an applicant with 10 or less in their portfolio. Okay. Um, but we've had a good run on buy-to-let. We, we, we do expect it will it will continue long-term. We know that many people need to rent and we know that there are still many landlords who want to have returns. What we have seen is similar to other lenders in that there is now more of a demand in other parts of the country. The northwest, the southwest, the northeast tends to be bigger cities or, or nearer attractions such as universities. Yeah. You know, landlords want to have better yields and, and therefore they are diversifying on their portfolios. Yeah, I think there was an article released today talking about Grimsby as being a hotspot of, of buy-to-let based on the yield and the property values and things there. Yeah, so we've certainly seen over recent years landlords with southeastern-based properties pulling equity out of that and then maybe spending the money up north chasing those yields and, and diversifying their portfolios as a result. So if you were a broker currently, where would you be focusing? Well, statistically, we know that specialist lending is on the rise and we also know it can be more lucrative for brokers. This year, 2019, it's expected that one in five cases will need to be placed with a non-high street lender. So that could be either a specialist lender or it could be a small building society. But it's absolutely critical for a broker to educate themselves on specialist lending because that's the way the market is going. There's more adverse in the market. There's more complex income, tax changes, buy-to-let changes. So it's absolutely imperative to bring yourself up to speed on what's happening, get out there, get to know BDMs, get to know lenders, get to know Crystal, and understand what services they can offer. We, we also know that, as mentioned, it, it can be more lucrative, and that the average broker uh, will earn £14 more per hour in terms of their own fees, and that's without any potential enhanced prop fees. Wow. And the average case will take 13 hours. So you're looking approximately upwards of £150 per case on top of uh, simply doing a mainstream case. Wow. And we've certainly seen a shift. Maybe a couple of years ago, brokers would be turning away this kind of business. They're saying it's outside of their email, it's not something they do, whereas now it's, it's even, as you say, it's even more important than ever that brokers are servicing every client that comes through the door, especially with on the buy-to-let side. Obviously, there was a huge surge last year in five-year fixed. Mm. So therefore, that two-year cycle of kind of churning the portfolios is just non-existent at the moment so definitely looking at other areas is going to be key to the brokers listening to this and we do we do understand that you can be selective with what business you want to take on but at the same time let's think about the customer let's think about servicing them and if you are particularly busy at any one moment or you don't feel you have the skill set to look at specialist lending then speak to crystal and get to know what we're doing because the point is there are customers that need servicing it's more lucrative for you and it will increase your skill set so why wouldn't you want to look at specialist lending yeah, very good point we've been talking for a number of months now about the the merger between the two sectors so it's no longer specialist and, and prime it, there's now much more of a crossover between the two 
and, and that's certainly seen in, in criteria and rates, especially from the specialist lenders. Not longer, not that long ago, rates were five, sixes, sevens in the specialist market, whereas now we've got rates beginning with ones and twos in certain cases. Yes, absolutely. And you know, Pepper, we're we're a specialist lender by definition, but we certainly don't offer specialist rates. Our rates range from two to four percent, dependent on the severity of adverse. And when you look at a traditional high street bank who are offering upwards of 2% on a clean five-year fixed rate, we are very competitive in what we do. But more importantly, we're able to offer mortgages to those applicants who are undeserved by high street lenders. Yeah, so that really ties in with the, the, I suppose the, the joining up of the specialist and the, and the prime market. And it's not just on, on rates. You know, the specialist case now isn't a, a 9%. Uh, interest only for a former bankrupt. Now the, the, the criteria is much more diverse. It's much more inclusive. Absolutely. What what we see is that there is such a broad range of applicants who would fit into, in inverted commas, a specialist case, mm-hmm. and that could be an applicant with great income, great loan to value, but they missed the mobile phone bill twelve months ago, and all of a sudden they're a specialist case. Well, the reality is it's very minimal in terms of damage to their credit file, but a high street lender perhaps wouldn't entertain it. So a lender like Pepper will be able to help the applicant, two-year fixed rate, for example, in the the low twos, and we can almost be be the stepping stone for the applicant who, who may want to look at getting back to high street one day. And mobile phones is an interesting one because it's possibly the most common event as to why someone may decline a credit score. And we don't credit score, which is great, but there are 92 million mobile phone subscriptions in the UK. And that's more than one per adult. I'm guilty of that. I have two. I have a, a work phone as well. But the point is people are tripping up on their finances. You know, By having two mobile, mobile phones, that's two direct debits that have to be created. And that's two lots of payments to service. Or something that's a bigger purchase. Let's look at a sofa, for example. £2,000 sofa but a company will say, we'll give it you 0% for two years. So the customer may have the mentality, well, I don't need to worry about this for two years. But when the two years comes around and all of a sudden the lender wants £150 a month, it could trip up on their finances. And that's what what the public needs to get a bit more savvy with. They have to think long-term with the finances. They have to review their statements more and they have to live within their means. Because we know... There are too many different ways that applicants can trip themselves up. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a, a business going under, for example, or, or someone getting fired. It could just be someone un- unaware of something that's going to happen or maybe a lack of financial education. Um, and these people could be disenfranchised by the, by the market or even under, not served at all by high street lenders. Well, lack of financial information is, is absolutely right, Chris, because if we, if we take a look at um, one of my bugbears which is payday loans Um, the average payday loan in the UK is only £260 now I know that desperate times cause for desperate measures uh, which is unfortunate but we have to stay away from payday loans and this is really important for brokers to educate their own customers on such occurrences we know that using a credit card every month and paying it back demonstrates good conduct and will increase your credit score but certainly do not take out payday loans where it can be helped because it will have a big detriment to the credit file. Yeah, we've seen a number of cases recently where 
people have been given that advice, they've been told to take a payday loan and pay it back because that improves your credit profile. And you're right, it certainly doesn't. Mm, shocking. Yeah. So your role, National Account Manager at Pepper, how does that role differ to, to that of a, a more traditional BDM? So in my role, I tend to focus more on how can we grow an intermediary distribution partner's market share and how can we grow our market share at the same time. So I work with our key packager partners and uh, four of the networks in the market and we're looking at how can we get our message across um, from for Pepper Money, how can we educate the market more, whereas uh, our BDMs are regional based and they'll look to work more closely with the broker in terms of products, criteria and system knowledge. I'll, I'll look more nationally at the strategic way of operating our business and, and how we can maximise our opportunities and our partners' opportunities. So for those that, that don't know you obviously as well as we do, can you give us a little bit about your background? Yes, so I, I started uh, my career as a cashier in a Halifax bank uh, in my hometown in Manchester and uh, quickly progressed up the ranks uh, eventually becoming a mortgage advisor um, did my CMAP and then a year later did my uh, diploma in mortgage advice and practice uh, which I was really honoured to have, have passed I've only come across a handful of people who have that qualification I then moved into uh, managing a team of mortgage brokers um, so this was direct in, in a bank and I became a bit complacent and wanted a new challenge, so I, I moved into the intermediary market, uh, stayed within Lloyds Banking Group at that point um, by way of going to Scottish Widows Bank. Um, at the same time, I moved to London after after meeting Lauren, who is, is now my wife, and then the opportunity came about to challenge myself once again, and I really wanted to learn a bit more about the specialist market, and it was very interesting to me that there are so many avenues to specialist lending and so, so many complexities to it that you have that constant challenge. And for me personally, I wanted that additional challenge to my day-to-day -day role. And I looked at Pepper Money, who are a, a fast-growing lender, um, and we have, we have global backing, which is excellent, and we're, we're looking to, to go places. Uh, so that's why I joined Pepper. And I've now worked for Pepper for 18 months. So a lot of the, the team at Pepper are relatively new. Obviously, it's a fairly new lender with three, four years in existence. Um, and you've taken on some quite high profile um, new hires recently. Does that show the ambition of, of the lender? Or does that reflect the demand that you've seen from the market? Well, it reflects both. Uh, we, we, we know that, as previously mentioned, the specialist market is growing. And, and we want, to, uh, we want to, to, to play a big role in that. Uh, but also we do have our own ambitions. So Pepper is Australian-born, and it started in 2001, and it's a global business, so we operate in, in several countries. Uh, but Pepper UK in particular, uh, we, we really want to take it to the next level. So we appointed a new sales director uh, January this year. That's uh, Paul Adams, who, who joined from Santander. Mm -hmm. And we've recently appointed two new BDMs, one in the northwest of England and one in Surrey, Sussex and Hampshire. And we've changed the model to, to giving each region a face-to-face -face BDM and a telephone BDM because we want to be able to offer 
a unique style of support to the intermediary market. In addition, last year we acquired a second charge lender, Optimum Credit, so they now sit under the umbrella and our banking licence is underway, so we expect early 2020, all being well, will be a bank. Recently at the Crystal Ball, you won Residential Lender of the Year as well, so congratulations for that. Um, Do you see either of those sectors as being particularly strong for you, or are you looking at growth across both residential and buy-to-let? In Pepper, we are slightly more geared to residential, and for the foreseeable, we do expect that to continue. Not to say we don't do plenty of buy-to-let business, because Mm -hmm. we do, and we are active in the market, but we we tend to be slightly more focused on, on residential at the moment. So throughout the year, we are looking at several product changes and criteria changes, and we're looking to enhance our service proposition, so being able to to blend the balance of the proposition, the service, the system, uh, will, will give us a great leg up to to becoming a, a recognised and strong contributor to the specialist market. One of the things brokers tend to come to us for is, is that speed. Um, you know, they they know that the rates are going to be a touch more expensive than they are on the high street, but it's it's usually there's a problem that we need to fix or something needs to happen quickly. So with the one of the things that excited us about the paper proposition is that is that speed of decision, it's the, the flexibility and, and moving quickly. Is that something that you see as key to the business? Certainly. We, we invested in a new system 18 months ago, uh, which is a system called DPR. Uh, a few lenders do use that in the market. The system is excellent. It allows us to make instant decisions on a, on a decision in principle, which is a soft search at that point as well. And we now have mandated underwriters who endeavour to review the cases on day one, which again adds to the benefit of excellent service that we're looking to offer because we want to be able to give decisions as soon as possible and to then follow up with documentation as opposed to the other way around. Yeah, thank you for that. So to finish off the traditional closing Crystal Cast question, if you were able to make one change to the industry, what would it be and why? What I'd like to see is more education and awareness given to the market about specialist lending. Because it's such a fast-growing trend, and it's crucial to be able to service clients how how they should be serviced. I, I'd like to see from leading bodies more interaction from them and clearer messages as, as to why specialist lending is so important and, and almost for it to become mandatory for the market to to gain the knowledge that they need to be able to service clients. Uh, starting starting perhaps with, with the FCA, maybe publishing reports on specialist lending, uh, talking about it a bit more, even press releases in Financial Times um, and, and such other uh, media, um, because it's, it's all about awareness. Uh, I know I've mentioned that a few times, but once, once you know about specialist lending, it's better for everyone. One of the interesting things from earlier on the, the trends piece was around interest only. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? What we're seeing with interest only is that 2019 is a key year for interest-only cessations in the market. So when we look at interest-only, in particular from the 1990s, where we know that endowments haven't reached outstanding loan balances, we have that issue at the moment where a lot of high street lenders 
are seeking their funds back. And of course, applicants are in that pickle where they can't make up the shortfall. Mm -hmm. And an applicant will receive a letter every year. It gets redder and redder, bolder and bolder. Your mortgage is coming to an end. What are you going to do about it? So there are solutions out there, solutions out there for applicants. Um, And at Pepper, we can consider uh, remortgaging someone from a high street lender, being able to offer an interest-only mortgage up to age 75 based on current income, if, if it's plausible income, of course. Um, but it gives someone a bit of breathing space if they're undecided about whether they're wanting to go to equity release or wanting to sell. And there's no loading on the on the products or anything like that for, for the interest-only option? No. no. Excellent. So it's all about looking for solutions to problems that clients are facing? Yes, it, it forms part of, of specialist lending. It, it's not as easy as ABC type of case. Um, and therefore you may need to look away from High Street. But from a broker's point of view, it's much more rewarding and being able to help a customer that other people might not be able to help. For us, it gives us that sense of, of worth and you know, you, you, you've done a good job. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's job satisfaction. Yeah. Um, but but if, you, if you take it one step further, this is someone's property we're talking about and yeah. someone's biggest asset. And, and how can we help them? It's, it's huge. The reward non-financial reward should be huge for someone that's been really interesting Phil thank you for that yeah that's been really good enjoyed that yeah hopefully there's some good content in there that yeah if one broker listens to this and identifies a client that he can help then we've done our job here today brilliant thank you for your time thank you Chris cheers to hear the rest of the series and be notified first of future episodes hit subscribe and to discuss any of the topics covered in today's crystal cast or any other specialist finance requirements Call us on 01827 301070 or visit our website at www.crystalsf.com. Thank you to today's guests and as always, thank you for listening.